Okay, I want to continue in uh, some recordings, but the feeling inside is I have a few more to record on this topic of physicality, space, and then it's going to be a break for a while, Blaine Nader. So now we're looking at the Lashem Shabbat Achlama, Sefer Hadea Chalak Aleph, Jewish Aleph, Simon Beit, Odalit. And then into Simon Gimel. We're towards the second to last paragraph in the old print. He says like this Iker Atmut Vashor Shakol Matsio Tine Hurak Maora Chasset, Kigam Matsio Sagili de Oragura, Atma Hine Hugam Kinrakli Matsio Tora Chasset, Olam Chesi Bane, Vahim Sugilat Oragura. So, he, I'm not going to quote this exactly, but he's been explaining prior to this this concept of the basic dual functions of what's called chesed and gevura. And he says these are the two fundamental actions. Chesed is kindness, expansion, giving, and gevura is withholding constricting, receiving, setting limits and boundaries. These are the two primal energies that are shaping and expressing all things in order to express the Creator's power. So we know that there are ten spherot, but these two, chesed and gevura, are kind of like the main content in a sense. And every other, all the other spherot and all their activities are in a sense shaping and transmitting these two basic forms of content, of expansion and constriction. So the Lashem is quoting a verse that the verse says, Olam chesed yibane, that the world is built on kindness, that kindness is the ultimate content. It's simple. Simply giving goodness is the real content of the world. And we've said this before, that the constitutive stuff, in a sense, of everything is the kindness of the flow of life force that that item is receiving that it should exist so literally kindness is building everything right how do you build yourself or your children or someone that you are giving to you're giving them something and you're building them with kind words or with sustenance if they're your children or you're giving somebody Sadaka, charity, you're building them with kindness. You're giving them the constitutive stuff, which is kindness, that they should continue to be built up and exist. Okay. But he's, he went through a long arichut that the other energy, Gavura, is this fascinating thing, this constriction, that he says... If everything was just kindness, so the kindness wouldn't have anything to inspire it to give out to. That it's gavura, which basically stimulates kindness to express. So essentially it's the needs. If, if kindness was water, watery flow of giving life, life-giving waters, then gavura... Severity would be fiery desire to receive. 
like somebody who's hungry or feverishly desirous for something. So this fire is that which is attracting the water to give to it because without that need from the side of the gavurot, from the side of the constrictions, the water just stays content and still within itself. So let's learn a little more here. All right. This is a huge line. Huge, huge line. Explains so much. So he says, you don't want to know what the root of Gavurot are? What are the root of these fiery constrictions which are pulling at the kindness and attracting it is the negative pull to the positive flow of kindness. These negative pulls, which are in fact necessary to complete the circuit and make the electricity flow and to pull out all the particular shapes of the positive flow of kindness that this person's constrictions and needs pulls out kindness in the form of charity. And this person's constrictions and needs pulls out this kindness in the form of, oh, I needed a kind word from you and so on and so forth. The fiery constrictive needs of the tree, as it's still stuck in a seed, is pulling out the forms and expressions of kindness that they should be displaying as that which builds up and props up a tree, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the root of all these guvarot, the root of all these constrictions, these, these negative pull aspects of things, these fiery aspects of things which are pure pulling attracting energy in a sense although not completely as we'll see but they're rooted in what's called the tsimsum this is very 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 important because again we're learning about the tsimsum all the time we say how did Hashem create a world oh he constricted himself he pulled himself back and hid himself so that a world there could be a space for the world to exist okay yes but what is constituting that activity is active. It's constantly active. It's one of the two major ingredients, so to speak, of creation itself. Ultimately, the tsimsum and the gavurot are one and the same. The tsimsum, the forces which cause God to conceal, are, in a sense, the ultimate power pack or root of all the gavurot, all the forces of constriction everywhere, which everywhere are like whittling and focusing and channeling the flows of kindness so that they can flow out into their particular shape. So all of a sudden we see that the tsimsum isn't just some mysterious big filter or screen or phenomenon which veils and masks the creator one time in order to set up the world, but rather we see that the tsimsum is a constantly unfolding reality. It was like the initial tsimsum, the initial, and this goes into very, very deep stuff, which I'm not so focused on directly as far as like the very initial stages of creation, but just suffice to appreciate that 
that Simsum is constantly active. It's like a vortex. It's like a stormy vortex of Gavurot. It's a stormy vortex of constrictive energies which are still at play, which were initially set up in the initial creation, in that, in a sense, in that initial tzimtzum, in that initial act of constriction, were all were, were, were stored there, all the future constrictions that would ever be at play. Very, very, very interesting. And God willing, I want to jump over after this to a source in Chabad, the Shar HaYichud from the Mitla Rebbe, where he's explaining beautiful, beautiful languages about the Simpson, which are very, very important to see as well, Belinadar, um, as we wrap up this podcast for now. Um, and just a note to self, I want to see that also. Anyway, continuing in Lashem. Okay. Okay. All right, well, so, okay. Basically, he's saying, like, meditate on fire. So he says, basically, philosophically, and in reality, fire, pure fire, right? The ethereal element of fire. Pure fire on its own is totally dark and invisible because it has nothing to act upon. How do you see and visualize a flame? Like, how does a flame actually come into existence that you can see it and experience its heat and its light and these things? Is when it has something that it's burning. So he says, this is what the tzimtzum is like. Those ultimate forces of constriction by which God conceals himself in order to reveal himself. When fire, pure fire, has a wick to grab onto and wax to grab onto, and now it's burning and it's lit up, now what you see is fire. If you touch the fire, it burns, so that's severe. But a candlelight also gives beautiful light, which is the shine of kindness. It's light. So you see this beautiful, simple, but profound meditation on a candle that when you're looking at a candle, what you're seeing is how the kindness of the expressions of the light coming from the candle, if we are figuring here, and it's true, that the beautiful candle light from a candle is an expression of the light of kindness. But until the fire was actually lit, those beautiful expressions of kindness and light were stuck, so to speak, hidden inside the potential energy of the wax or what have you, that there was all this potential kindness, but it hadn't been activated yet. Then you light a fire and you put the fire to the candle. Now the fiery gavurot, those fiery negative charges of fire and constriction are now actually pulling out that beautiful light of kindness 
to show itself because of the opposite energy pulling out that positive energy of kindness. So the negative charge of fire and constrictions is pulling out and stimulating and activating so many expressions of kindness. And by the way, so many expressions of kindness to express in that limited flame that is useful and not in an explosion of light, which is useless, right? The Gavurot force the expressions of kindness to be very limited and slow and in a tiny defined space of only the candle flame and to burn for so long and not so fast. And then finally, we meditate on that those Gavurot, those negative charges of fire, before they attached to the wick, they were also existing in potential, but they had nothing to use. They had nothing to act on. They had nothing to kind of infiltrate, so to speak. So they were also this stormy swarm of possible negative charges, of possible energies that are imposing constrictions and pulling out flames of kindness that are small and bounded and burn slowly. But until they have something to actually interact with, they are also invisible, as was that flame of beautiful light of kindness was invisible. When you put the two together and you partner them, as he says, then you get expressions. And so that's an extremely beautiful and fundamental meditation on everything, is that we are meditating now that at all times there's this concept of the tsimsum, of these, all these guvurot, of all these negative charges which are constantly being activated and stimulated to pull back down certain flows of kindness in every single item in the universe, such that the Midrash is saying, Abraham, when he was a child, he woke up and said that this world is on fire and there must be a master to the house. That he says this whole world is like a palace which is on fire and there must be a master to this palace which is a seemingly um, weird statement internally what do you mean i see that this building is on fire it must have an owner i don't know if i see a building on fire i think probably it was abandoned more likely than to say it's been, it's owned maybe it's abandoned so they're just lighting up because no one wants it no what it means that it's on fire that the world is like a house on fire, which means that the fire is the active participation. What Abraham was seeing in his intuition, in his spiritual quest, before Hashem was revealing to him, it says right, right then Hashem reveals to him, but what he was seeing is, this world is alive. It's a flame. This world is a flickering flame. It's alive. It's all these energies of negative charge, of gavurot, of constrictions, which are pulling down so many particular expressions of kindness, the way that the fire, the fiery negative charge in a candle situation is pulling out the beautiful expression of the flame of kindness, of the positive charge. So he says that this whole world is, is active. So there must be a master to this world, to this structure, to this world, which is like a structure of fire or a burning candle, which is exactly how the Zohar describes it. It calls it a nair. It calls the whole world a, a burning candle, uh, a holographic 
effusion of so many rays of light like one beautiful candle which is a beautiful thing to think about so he says Hashem must be actively participating in it because I see now that all moments are being actively managed by these two forces under the purview of one creator who is actively constantly causing these negative and positive charges to interact of kindness and, and constriction and then it says, yes, and then Hashem reveals to him. So we can meditate as well. Hashem can reveal to us as well right now by just contemplating, meditating on how at every second there's so many forces from the tzimtzum, from the forces of constriction from Gevura, which are stimulating and activating and attracting certain shapes of the positive flows of kindness, of light, all the times. And as one beautiful candle constantly flickering. All right, a little bit more in the last shin. So now we're going into Simon Gimel in the second paragraph in the old, in the older um, print. Now, and we're going to introduce one more topic, which is extremely fascinating when we tie it into everything we just said. He says like this. Now, this is one of the greatest lines I've ever seen. And it's, you know, anybody who is Osek a little bit in Kabbalistic works, it sounds, okay, like I've heard this, but the way that Leshem says it is pretty astounding. He says like this, Okay, we're going to kind of seeming to be shifting to a different tangent about what we were just talking about, but we're actually not. But let's just follow the line here. He says like this, We know that there are so many universes, there are so many worlds, there are worlds stacked on top of worlds, stacked inside of worlds, millions and trillions and endless levels of worlds from the top of the, the power and will of the creator flowing out all the way ultimately to the physical experience of the physical world. And they're really one continuum and it's really one flame and this sort of thing, such that the physical world is like imagined as the far-flung expressions of the flame but they're really one continuum and that you need so many worlds in between so many levels and gradations of filtering the initial hot core of light of expression so to speak to filter it and filter it and filter it until it so to speak cools down congeals and becomes um something that we can handle as the physical world that we're not walking around in a fiery angelic realm but that that fiery angelic realm is behind and inside our world but that so many constrictions are paring that realm down 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 until it finally congeals cools off constricts and becomes how we experience the physical world okay but the best line he says like this is like we know all that but what is the engine that is constantly creating these systems of stratified worlds. In other words, what is the basis? 
What is the ultimate bottom line, which is that which is really creating the situation? What's enforcing that the world should stay in this format of so many filters between so many levels of worlds? What's enforcing that? What's enforcing that so much energy and light of creative power from the creator has to go through tons and tons of filters till it finally comes out in the expression of the physical? What's enforcing that situation to not stop? Answer is the bodies. Your body, my body, the body of the tree, the body of the car. Everything in the physical world is contained in a body, and it's those bodies themselves, fascinatingly, which are not just at the bottom of the chain, the bottom of the supply chain receiving from all the higher worlds, but it's also their nature as bodies which is enforcing that the supply chain of worlds fitting inside of worlds inside of worlds with more and more filtration, it's those bodies that are receiving the end, from the end of the supply chain which are enforcing that the supply chain should stay in effect. So this is a very, very deep, hair-raising idea, and it's brought in many Hasidic sources as well. It's brought by the Kamarna in the name of the Baal Shem Tov that the name Yisrael, Israel, is the letters Yesh Rala. Another word, way of, of permutating the letters for Yisrael, Yud Shin Resh Aleph Lamed, is you flip around the letters a little bit, it's Yesh Rala. Yesh is there is, Rala is Rala is Resh Lamed Aleph, is 231. 231 is the numerical value of let there be light, yihi or, as well as um, that it's brought in mysticism that there are 231 different letter pairings that you can make out of the 22 Hebrew letters. So if you put 22 items in a circle and you draw lines making unique pairing combinations between all the 22 elements, there are 231 unique letter pairing combinations. Finally, 231 is the, the numerical value of that there are four basic ways of spelling out God's name. They're called, they're called the miluim, the filling-ins of the names. Such that, instead of just having yud and hey and vav and hey, but you fill them out. Yud, vav, dalit is yud. Hey yud, hey is hey, vav yud, vav is vav, and so forth. But you don't have to do just hey yud, hey. You could do hey olive hey, and these sorts of things. So there are four basic ways of spelling that. One way is seventy-two. One way is sixty-three. One way is forty-five. One way is fifty-two. Those numbers also add up to two hundred and thirty-one. So this two hundred and thirty-one is light, is all the letter combinations, and is is also the, the add-up of all the basic divine names of God. And it essentially is representing the totality of light. So the 231, the Rala, the Reish, Shlam, and Aleph. So the Hasidic masters are saying, look at this beautiful idea about the name of Israel. Israel, Yisrael, can be said, Yesh Rala. There is 231. There are all these patterns of light, but not just that there are, but that Yisrael, says the Kamarna, forces 
all of that light, the ethereal spiritual light, to get dressed up into yesh, to get dressed up into space, into constrictions. So that literally the Kamarna says, and the Siddiquim say, Yisrael is the concept of Yisrael forces the existence of Yisrael, the existence of souls in bodies. He's forcing all of that light from, the, from, from all those, let there be light and the 231 gates and all the divine names of God and so forth. Yisrael forces that to get contained in yesh, in existence, in limitation. That's what Yisrael is functioning to do. It's the function of Yisrael in bodies that is constantly forcing the light to continuously pump down the supply chain of filtration and limitation to constantly create worlds. It's the existence of Yisrael in their bodies that ensures that this continues to exist. Because as the Leshem is saying here, it's the bodies which are enforcing. It's those items at the bottom of the supply chain which is enforcing the continued existence of the supply chain. Those things at the bottom of the supply chain are the foundation. When the foundation is there, right? And this is, this is reflected in a very mainstream Gemara. The Gemara is saying in Sanhedrin how when we are intimidating, there's a certain script that the judges are saying to the witnesses to a murder trial they say to the witnesses you know this is a really big deal if this guy is a murderer we have to kill him and if he's not a murderer it's a really big deal if you're framing him because somebody who kills someone else it's as if they killed an olam male it's as if they destroyed a entire world why because the entire world started from one person from adam harishon to show you that one person is like the entire world. But literally it's true. Because God forbid a person is killed and snuffed out of the of the existence. He, he we have to understand that like that person in their body was a fundamental feature of the universe. They were holding a whole channel. They were holding a whole pipeline of universal energy in place. When they were killed, God forbid, when they when they pass away, that that line of, of expression, that certain ray of light of energy constituting a certain lane or channel of reality, that whole chain or lane of reality is gone. That's why the Ten Commandments are lining up, five on the right and five on the left, and it's brought many places that the ones on the right are lining up with the ones on the left. So, I am God is the first commandment. And then if you flip over to the sixth commandment on the left, next to it, horizontally, it's do not kill, do not murder. Because somebody who's murdering somebody else is, so to speak, diminishing <coughs> the expression of Hashem in the world. As the Gemara is also telling us in Yavamos, that if a person is intentionally not trying to have children, it's as if he's shedding blood because the verses are saying, by the creation when God is speaking to Adam and then later Noah he says don't shed blood and then he says be fruitful and multiply so the Gemara says it says don't shed blood be fruitful and multiply I am God so the Gemara says somebody who uh, uh, intentionally holds back from having children is as if they are shedding blood and as if they are 
reducing the expression of the divine presence in the world. So bodies now we see are very, very fascinating. Let's learn a little more in the lesson. Next paragraph. Os base. Excuse me. He says, even the philosophers and the naturalists will agree with me that in order to have any expression, you first need an absent, a space of absence. Here's the most fascinating term. He says because the scientists and the philosophers agree with, with us that there is no empty space in the world. So how do you create the settings in the space for this item to be over here and that item to be over here, you first have to clear out a negative space. But it's not a negative space because there is no space that is empty of Hashem's light. So what is that space that you're clearing in order to express something in that space? Fascinating question. Fine. Okay, so now we have one more point that's tying all this together. We're talking about chesed and gevura, positive and negative charge, kindness and severity. We were talking about simsum and the forces of constriction which are setting up the parameters of reality in, in an active way, such that Abraham said, wow, this world is on fire. Here's the deep, deep point. All the concepts are the same. Because Elisham just said, it's the bodies that are enforcing that there should be so many particular expressions of the soul and of so many worlds in a supply chain from spiritual heights to ultimate congealed physicality. <clears throat> that is all being enforced by the structure of bodies. And what did we say earlier? We said that it's really the force of Gavurot from the Tsimsum. <clears throat> from the initial energy of constriction, which is clearing space in order to fill that space back in. But that space we see now is extremely active and alive and full of energies of gavura, energies of constriction and pulling and negative charge. Those are actually constituting the realm of the bodies. Here's the bottom line. 
that our bodies and the bodies of, of, of the physical extreme of limitations of all physical items and objects those are actually coming from the extremely powerful and fundamental energy of the tsimsum that these are the items of the fiery kaburot the fiery constrictions which are sending up shockwaves and ripples of constrictive power to enforce the structure of the supply chains of reality at all given at any given time so God willing, we'll explore this a little bit more next time uh, in a different piece in Lashem, but I got to take it, take it off for now. Take care. Brooklyn.